That's what's up. That's what's up. That's what's up. That's what's up. Well, if me bust on your head, you try. That's what's up. Then I dig low with my trauma. That's what's up. And all them haters never look wild. That's what's up. And all I know, Jack Nasty. That's what's up. Good morning Turks and Caicos, welcome to another episode of What's Up with yours truly host Andy Mezek, a show in which I interview some of the most influential people in Turks and Caicos as well as highlight some of the most important and impactful topics. So today I'm here with director from the Department of Rehabilitation and Community Services, Mr. Jaron Harvey. So Mr. Harvey, can you introduce yourself for those listening in Radio Land? I smiled when you talked, when you mentioned earlier that you're interviewing some of the most influential people. <laughs> and I didn't realize that I was one of those most influential people. <laughs> so it made me smile. But it's a beautiful day to be alive. I thank God for being here. I'm Jerome Harvey, the director of the Department of Rehabilitation and Community Services. Uh, that's who I am. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I don't know if there's anything else that... Mm -hmm. So, to my knowledge, the Department of Rehabilitation and Community Service is a new department. So, what exactly is the Department of Community, I mean, Rehabilitation and Community Service all about? And, I mean, to my knowledge as well, as has recently branched off from collaboration with the prison. Mm -hmm. So, give me a little history and, I mean, what exactly is the department about? So, in 2019, the Probation and Rehabilitation Unit was formed, and it was formed under the Department of Social Development. But during that time, uh, we were under the Department of Social Development for, I think, maybe from 2019 to 2021. And then 2021, we were transferred from Social Development to the prison, and we were under the prison from 2021 up until April 1st of 2023 when we became our own department. And the idea behind establishing, becoming a fully functioning department was to ensure that we have the resources and the skill set to deal with criminality in the Turks and Caicos. So our mandate as the rehabilitation department is to assist with the rehabilitation of offenders in the Turks and Caicos Islands. And so that's where the whole idea of being separated uh, and on our own and having our own budget is so that we are able to respond to some of the most pressing needs of the country. So what is, I mean, the department's mission, vision, and the duty, the duties and responsibility that fall under you guys' belt? So we are responsible for supervising offenders in the community. So anytime you think of someone who's on probation, whether it's a juvenile or an adult, we are legally responsible by law to supervise these persons. So we supervise those persons also who are released on parole. The, and parole is just basically people who are, who are released from, their, from serving the remaining portion of their sentence inside prison, and they serve it inside the community. So we are responsible for supervising them in the community. And, when we, and supervision entails trying to connect them with essential services, facilitating individual sessions that to address some of the risk factors that are contributing to their criminal behavior, and then making sure that the court and the parole board order is being adhered to. So if it is that they have curfew, making sure that they are adhering to curfew. If they have to participate or to pay a certain fine, making sure that they are doing exactly what is required of them. So that's our responsibility to supervise offenders, to help with their reintegration, to assist with, the re with their rehabilitation. Uh, so that's our primary responsibility, supervising them in the community, 
because we are legally responsible, but we go beyond that by trying to ensure that they do not reoffend by uh, connecting and facilitating sessions that are responsible, that can assist rather in addressing some of the behavioral issues that they've been exhibiting that led to their involvement mm -hmm. in the criminal justice system. Mm -hmm. So you talked a little on parole. You said that parole is basically early release mm -hmm. from of prison. an individual from prison, mm -hmm. and then they have to follow certain guidelines and restrictions mm -hmm. to reintegrate into society. So yes. what is probation? So probation is basically the court, when you were found guilty or you pled guilty inside court, and the court thought it was unnecessary to send you to prison. So they released you on probation. And that release on probation could be anywhere mm -hmm. between 12 months up until three years. Mm -hmm. So when you are released on probation, you are still, you are, you are held to a certain degree. So probation is still uh, rules and restrictions that you got to abide to. So the court released you on probation, allow you to still maintain your job, allow you to still be able to live with your family, to carry out your daily responsibilities. But at the same time, the court imposes certain rules and regulations that you must abide by while on probation, which could be submit to random drug testing, refrain from smoking drugs, uh, you have to maintain employment, you have to attend uh, rehabilitation programs, you may also have to perform community service hours, you may have to listen or to adhere to any rules or instructions given by the probation officer. So all of these conditions are on a court order that we are responsible for executing. So that's what probation is. Probation is basically preventing you from going to prison. But if you decide not to comply with these conditions while you're on probation, then we can breach you and take you back to court, and then the court have the ability to deal with you as if to deal with you as if you were first appearing before the court. And that could result in you actually going to prison. It could result in you paying a hefty fine. It could result in your probation being extended. The court has several uh, options that they can do for someone who decide to breach probation. So although probation uh, is more, although probation is not as severe as being incarcerated, it is still serious mm -hmm. because you are still responsible to follow the rules and regulations. So probation is not a slap on the wrist. In fact, statistics have proven that probation is more, that it's better to give someone probation rather than send them to prison because of the long-lasting effects of incarceration, probation helps to prevent those effects from happening. So probation is a more viable option for, for the court because it allows persons who convict who have served crime. Not, we're not saying that imprisonment is not necessary. It is. There are some people who just need to be in prison because they are a risk to society. They don't follow rules and regulations. Uh, they don't listen <clears throat> to authoritative figures. But Probation allow people to get the help that they need to avoid reoffending while still being able to live a normal life in society. Mm -hmm. And we're all about preserving the dignity of people and trying to help and assist them while they are while there are still availability to assist them rather than them going to prison. Mm -hmm. How effective would you say the parole and probation program is here in the Turks and Caicos Island? What's so, the turnover like? So we... I was just asked this question. Interestingly, I was just asked a question in Grand Turk. Uh, I was at a sentencing matter, uh, I think yesterday, and uh, someone asked this question. I think over the past three years, you would have had maybe 20 people, I think it's less than 20 people released on parole. And out of that 20 people who were released on parole, one was murdered. One, one was murdered, and the other one we had to breach. Mm 
So 18 out of 20 have been successful to date. They have not reoffended. They have not committed another crime or anything of that sort. So we believe that the supervision in that aspect has been successful because of the 18 out of 20 that we've been able to, de to deal with. Mm -hmm. uh, we didn't necessarily have to, to breach them or, or they didn't necessarily commit mm -hmm. another crime. Now, in terms of probation, uh, there have been several persons we had to breach because probation is relatively new, and some people have a, a lackadaisical approach and feel as if probation is not as serious. And so we had to breach some of them and take them back to court and for them to see how serious probation is, and we have to do that. So I think we are at about, about, uh, about 85% on probation versus, I think, a higher percentage in terms of parole. Mm -hmm. So how does one go about becoming a probation and parole officer because I know the department is new there will be a lot of opening soon and so, on, so yes. how does one go about becoming speak it into existence yeah. so the qualifications in order to be a probation and parole officer is one you have to have a bachelor's degree in a related field which is social work sociology hmm. criminology criminal justice or psychology and then you have to have a passion uh, for working with people mm. and being in and you have to have a passion for working with people you have to believe in the power of change that people have the capability to change and then you also need uh, to be someone of good character good moral character because if you're working with offenders uh, you don't want to necessarily be called into disrepute by these individuals but i believe the main ingredient in order to be a probation and parole officer i would say is passion mm. Because we can teach someone a skill, but we can't teach someone how to be passionate. Mm -hmm. So how does the department approach the rehabilitation and the community service needs of individuals? All right, Mr. Mizik. So rehabilitation is, is it's a very broad topic. Mm -hmm. And rehabilitation is something that a lot of people throw, throw out. Mm -hmm. When people say rehabilitation, you have people talk about employment. When you hear people talk about rehabilitation, you hear some people talk about uh, being ac given access to health care and mental health. Uh, when you hear people talk about rehabilitation, all sorts of ideas become to the surface of their mind. But rehabilitation, in summary, is just basically trying to assist someone and assist them on a better path, helping them to change the path that they are currently on and re helping to redirect their life in a more positive way. I always like to use the analogy of a GPS. Whenever we're driving inside the US and we're using a GPS, and the GPS is saying, Mr. Harvey, turn left. For some reason, sometimes we know we don't want to turn left, so we continue driving. When we continue driving, the GPS doesn't necessarily say, Mr. Harvey, you're so big and stupid. Mm -hmm. I tell you turn left, you should have turned left down the road. Mm -hmm. What the GPS does is the GPS reroutes. It gives you a new option to change. The, 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 it gives you a new option. It gives you another option as to how you can go to the destination where you're heading. And so we look at ourselves as helping to redirect these offenders' lives. That they have an option. If you ask most of them, they know where they want to go. But the path to get to where they want to go, it is sometimes uh, rocky, sometimes on unpaved roads. And sometimes they are confronted with several obstacles. And so as probation officers, we see ourselves as change agents where we help to redirect their path and help to 
ensure that they get to the destination safely. And the ultimate goal is for us, making sure they don't reoffend and helping them to become a better person. Mm -hmm. Because ultimately, if we could achieve those two goals, there would be a reduction in crime in the Turks and Caicos. The Turks and Caicos would be a safer place to live, work, and play. And that's our ultimate goal. We believe in promoting public safety, holding offenders accountable, but also believe we believe in the power of change that despite the crime that they've committed, there is a level of change that can occur inside them to help them to become a better person and to ultimately be a law-abiding citizen. So can you explain the range of services and programs offered by the Department of Rehabilitation? So when we... so. When we talk about the programs and the services that we have available as a department, is uh, there is something that we have probation. Most of the clients that we get are usually from the court, which is the magistrate, the juvenile court, and the Supreme Court, or the parole board. We receive clients from them. But we are interested in expanding our services from a voluntary standpoint because what we are observing is a strong connection between children in schools with behavioral issues becoming a, um, adult offenders. And so as an intervention, well, rather as a prevention method, we want, we are exploring this option of implementing a voluntary supervision program because we know in the Turks and Caicos there are a lot of parents who are confronted with so many issues and they cannot control their children. And we know that the schools have been confronted with a lot of children with behavioral issues. So this voluntary supervision program is to assist those juveniles who have issues so that we can equip them with the skills necessary to ensure that they can manage their emotions, they can control their behavior, they are able to uh, succeed academically, and they are involved in pro-social programs, and they know exactly how to express themselves, not in an aggressive manner, but they know the difference between being assertive and then being aggressive. And then they know exactly how to manage their anger and resolve conflict. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that we want to do is to implement that program, and we're hoping to do that within the next several months. One of the reasons why we have not been advertising it is because we know that there is an influx of parents waiting, and we are confronted with issues in terms of office space that we can't necessarily accommodate uh, an influx of clients mm -hmm. right now because we don't have the sufficient office space uh, we're crammed in small office space, mm -hmm. and sometimes when probation officers have to see their clients, uh, they have to necessarily, sometimes one has to come out while the other is seeing the client. Mm -hmm. So we're hoping to get additional office space or a larger office space where we can expand our services. Mm -hmm. But we have an anger management program. We have a substance abuse program. Uh, we have a program for both boys and girls who are delinquent. Mm -hmm. We have a moral recognition therapy program. And we have a program that we deal with uh, perpetrators of domestic violence. However, all of these programs that we have are not being facilitated on a group-based right now. And part of the reason is because of we don't have sufficient space to do so. So what the probation officers are doing is seeing these clients on an individual basis and addressing those issues. So if it is that there is an anger program, it is being addressed in individual sessions versus in a group session. And we hope that we will be in a position soon to to facilitate groups on a larger basis and we can also open it up to the general public that if you see yourself having issues with anger, you can enroll in our anger management program on a voluntary basis uh, to get the skills needed to resolve your anger issues. Mm -hmm. So how do you go about measuring the effectiveness of 
the rehabilitative programs and community service because I'm aware that individuals as well go on community service for bad behavior. How do you measure the the effectiveness of these programs? So one of the med one of from a probation standpoint, the over the overarching measure of success is people not reoffending. Mm-hmm. So from a juvenile standpoint, we measure our success by individuals who are not involved, who are diverted from being involved in criminality. Mm-hmm. And then from an adult perspective, individuals who came to our doors on probation or who came to our doors in prison do not commit another crime that would lead to them going back to prison or on probation. So that's how we measure our success. If we are able to deal with these individuals and prevent them from actually re-entering the criminal justice system, there is a level of success for us. So that's the approach mm-hmm. that we take to measure our success. And I, I told you earlier, from a probation standpoint, we are measuring about 85% success rate. And on parole, it's about it's a little higher. Uh, I can't remember the exact uh, figure, but I'm sure we've only been able, so far for people who's on parole, we've only been able to breach about two of the 20 that have been so I think that would be somewhere within the 90. I'm not sure of the, the exact calculation for that aspect. So mm-hmm. that's how we would measure our success mm-hmm. by helping to reduce the amount of reoffending, reoffending in the Turks and Caicos mm-hmm. Islands. So can you share any success stories or, I mean, examples of individuals who once came out on parole or probation who just turned, had a complete turnaround in their lives? Because I, I, I strongly believe, and like I said, this show is all about empower, empowerment and, you know, motivate others to do major things, motivate others to change. So both individuals who are in the helping profession and individuals who uh, want to change mm-hmm. but find it too difficult, I feel like, to know that someone lived that life and had a complete turnaround and inspire others too. You could be an. I know it's a confidential. And, yeah. You know, you'd be anonymous for just your story. You know. Yeah. So, and it's interesting that you said that. For us, I think I always also like to use the analogy that when people look at people who commit crime, they always mm-hmm. look at the shark, the shark exterior. But for us, whenever we're dealing with our clients, we always try to identify that goldfish uh, because f- there is some fragility that exists in them, and we want to address that and to help to equip them with the skills so they don't commit another crime. So I remember in 2020, I think, I had a client who was charged uh, both in the magistrate court and in the Supreme Court. He was charged uh, with, I think, he had a criminal record. You've been charged for, like, causing grievous harm. You've been charged for assault. You've been charged for fighting. He had several issues. And I remember facilitating the risk assessment and it it told us that some of the issues that are contributing to his delinquent behavior, contributing to him committing these crimes. And the risk assessment revealed that his attitude was one of the issues. His friends were one of the issues, as well as a lack of employment was another issue. It highlighted some of the other issues, but one of the things that we realize in probation is that we have to identify the driver. What is the main issue that is causing this individual to commit crimes? And so at that time, the two main issues that we identified was their attitude, the way that they think, and the friends that they were hanging with. So that he was released on probation for about two years, and he was placed into our care. 
And I remember working with him, reporting to our office because of his high risk every week. And I remember working with him, trying to get him to understand the connection between the way that he think, the way that his thoughts attract the people who are involved in criminality, and the way that the people he, who he is hanging around with is causing him to continue to be involved in criminal activities. I knew that. But it wasn't my job to go and beat him and say, Boy, you don't see that your thoughts and your friends causing you to commit this crime? You don't see the connection? Mm-hmm. So I didn't, we couldn't take that approach. So we had several sessions that were broken down into like very bite sizes, very small sizes. Some of the sessions were trying, well, I remember one of the sessions was we had him draw two circles and the circles connected in the middle. So he had to draw all of the positive friends in the left circle and all of the negative friends in the right circle. The week prior, we had him to try to identify how do we define what is a positive friend and how do we define what is a negative friend. So the week prior, he had already he worked on that and he had it as a homework assignment. So this session... And I think this was almost seven months seven months into his supervision. This session he had one friend in the positive circle and about nine in the negative circle. The nine in the negative circle in the middle, all nine of them had a criminal record. All nine of them were involved in criminal activities. Three of the nine who he identified as his best friend, his ride or die, if he's in a sticky situation, these the three people he called it, were always and these were his best friends and they were placed in the middle. So his best friends were taken from the negative column. The one in the positive column didn't necessarily see them often, didn't talk to them often, didn't associate with them. He spent a majority of his time with these people in the negative circle. So his assignment was to go home and to see and try to identify why he have more negative friends than positive friends. Mm-hmm. And I remember him coming back the following week and he was so excited. And he was like, Mr. Harvey, Mr. Harvey, Mr. Harvey. He was like, it's, it's almost like he couldn't contain the level. Like he had a revelation. He was able to identify that he needed to change his friends. And he could, at seven months into his probation, it took us working with him seven months for him to identify the connection between his friends, his thoughts, Mm -hmm. and his criminal behavior. And he came and he said, I need to change my friends. And when he said that, I was like, bingo. I was waiting for you to say this from seven months ago. Mm. But it it wasn't my job to point out the issues. It was my job to help lead you to these issues for you to make that decision. And so now he made the decision that he wanted to change his friends. So then we switch and we pivot our approach as to how we can change these friends, how we can change these friends, and how can you get involved in these type of activities. Mm-hmm. So all sorts of things were suggested. You can join the Rotaract Club. You can join a church Bible study group. You can join some sort of non-profit organization. You can become involved and in maybe going to mm-hmm. the gym. So he opted to join a gym Mm -hmm. and to to become involved in this. Mm -hmm. And by him joining the gym, 
he got exposed to more pro-social friends. He was able to then get a job, and he was able to get a job at one of uh, at a ho- at a local hotel, mm-hmm. doing a very good job. And I remember him calling with excitement and saying, "I got this job," because mm-hmm. in fact he'd even said if he wanted to list me as a reference. And normally we try not to become involved and become as a reference, but I felt that over the past seven months there was a change in mm-hmm. the attitude. The the, the the client that we saw when he first came, seven months later, totally changed. There was a total transformation. And you know, even mom was saying there was a total transformation inside his behavior. Though he was an adult, he was still, I think he was about 22 or 23 at the time. So he was able to get his job. He was able, I remember, he was able to get a job and still used to be on the, pol- the police radar uh, for several, um, the police, every time something happened, he was to, uh, within a particular area. He was someone who the police probably always thought was involved. Mm-hmm. And he continued to come. And because of his good reporting practices, he continued to do his community service. He continued to report satisfactorily. There was a no behavioral issues. At the seventh month, he continued to uh, test negative for his substance abuse. And it continued and continued. And so we started to reduce him. We reduced him his reporting time. He went from reporting weekly to reporting every other, um, to reporting bi-weekly. And then it went to reporting monthly. And I'm happy to report that he's off of probation and he has not reoffended to date because in February, well, in April, when we last checked, he did not commit another crime. He did not, has not been on the police radar. In fact, He's actually in a relationship now. Uh, he's doing very well for himself. And we are hoping that he continue on that traje- that current path, that he can potentially become a credible witness, someone who can testify that they were on probation and they saw the benefits of going through these programs and going through these sessions with the probation officer and reporting successfully. And I remembered when he was in court how... Adam and the judge was in saying that this is the last chance. If you breach prison, like this is the last chance. And he is one of those individuals who I always like to speak of because I've seen, I've been able to see the transformation and the work that can happen when you work with individuals Mm -hmm. with a challenging path. Mm -hmm. And when you allow them, when you allow them uh, to, to, to identify these issues and you just be there as a guide and as a voice of reason and you helping to and you targeting specific areas and I, I credit the risk assessment to our success because it helped to pinpoint what were the issues we didn't guess what were the issues we didn't try to use our professional judgment we used a validated assessment that pinpointed what were the issues developed a case plan and that case plan were helped us to help him to become a better citizen. Mm-hmm. And so he is one of our success stories that we've been able, and there are mm-hmm. countless others. There's also a success story of someone who was not on probation, who, who was very aggressive in society. Mm-hmm. Very Every time he goes someplace, he mm-hmm. was readily known. He was never on probation, but he always came to this office, and I made a deal. If I help you to get this job, or if I help you to do this particular thing, then what I need from you is that you make a commitment that you would come and we will work on, on several issues. We will work on changing your approach, 
how can you communicate without becoming aggressive? And he came, and he continued to come, and now he's at that place. I only see him now whenever there's an issue. But I'm satisfied that if he's coming to me because he has an issue, then he see me as someone who can help solve those issues. So as long as he continues to come because there is an issue, I would always be willing to help resolve those issues and to help him to come to some solution. And I've seen some reduction. Mind you, he's still not that. He's still not where mm-hmm. I think would be. He's still not where I would think he should be. Mm-hmm. But I'm, sh- I'm sure that he's not where he used to be. Mm-hmm. There is a level of change that has occurred. He's not on the police radar. I was in a meeting with the police and they confirmed this. Uh, they, he still has some issues in terms of his aggressiveness. And that's something that we are working on. Uh, but it's difficult when someone is doing it voluntarily versus when someone is ordered by the court. Mm-hmm. So he's not he's not being ordered by the court, but there has been a transformation because he was doing it voluntarily. So there are some success stories that we've been able to achieve mm-hmm. uh, with the limited time frame and uh, that we've been able to do so. There are some success mm-hmm. stories, and those are two of it that I can yeah. think of. So there's a segment of my show that I call Given Roses where I commend the individuals who I bring on my show. Like I mm-hmm. said, you know, it's very... I mean, they are very influential. I mean, individuals, movers and shakers, and you, you, you fit the. I mean, the <laughs> quality is very well. That's the Avi, the Department of Rehabilitation Community Service. When I think of that, I think of second chance, and I believe that everyone deserves a second chance. And I mean, reality is, some people never was given a first chance. That's mm-hmm. why they offended. That's why they did the things that they do. And psychology is a belief that. We all believe that we do the things we do because of the situations and environments, circumstances we placed in. But a lot of times we look at people and say they're the way they are because they choose to be so. Mm-hmm. So the department is definitely uh, giving people a second chance, giving them the necessary help that's needed in a country like us, which, I mean, the economy is booming. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's definitely a need not to forget about the people, not to forget about the some of the individuals mm-hmm. who missed the mark a little bit. So what you're doing, what the department is doing is major. And I know the community is proud and, you know, everyone is proud. And however they want to assist, mm-hmm. I mean, they are willing to. And I'll end the show there asking how can the general public be of assistance to the department? Mm-hmm. So I think... One of the the main thing is spreading the word, letting mm-hmm. people know that if you have a child who have issues, reach out to us. Uh, you can reach us at three three eight four zero one four. Just call. We'd see how best we can assist. We also need support in terms of people serving as mentors. Mm-hmm. We would want to be in a position to connect our clients to individuals in society, so that they can see other people outside of us who are rooting for their success. Uh, we are always in a need of persons, of job, uh, I guess, employers who are interested in giving second chances to people with criminal record and serving as uh, empl- um, and hiring people with criminal record. So if you are an employer and you believe that there are people who deserve a second chance and you want to support the work that we are doing, reach out to us at 338-4014 or you can send us an email at probation at gov.tc and we would be able to assist. I just want to shout out the Grace Bay Club. They have been tremendous in helping us and supporting us in this initiative. Uh, there are some other 
private enterprises who also hire people with criminal record, uh, landscaping companies, construction companies. I want to shout out Ms. Adams at Employment Services. She has been tremendous in helping us connect our clients to people who uh, to empl- potential employees, to potential employers. Sorry, so people and the society can help in that regard. Uh, there is also a need uh, for. In terms of being able to provide voluntary tutoring, some of our clients can't read. Uh, they cannot read. They have basic Ill- um, literacy skills. So having people volunteer their service to teach our clients how to read and teaching them in this area is an added skill set. Uh, sometimes there are multiple needs. Sometimes our clients don't necessarily have the the, the basic tools to, to preserve their dignity, to ensure that they can be clean and when they go to meet people, they uh, have presentable clothes and they have access to basic toiletries to help preserve their dignity. There's a need uh, for people who may want to assist in that regard. So there are several areas that community can help, but what we need from society is for you to spread the mm-hmm. word, to let people know that there is a department, a newly formed department in the mm-hmm. Turks and Caicos that is catering to people with a criminal record, catering to juveniles with delinquent behavior, is catering to people who commit crimes and giving them a second chance, helping to address the issues that caused them to commit the crime and ensuring that they have the skill set and the means not to commit another crime. So spread the word when you're sitting around your dinner tables and you're having your Bible study or you're riding in the car. Just let people know that there is a Department of Rehabilitation that can assist. We are located in downtown Butterfield Square. Uh, You can come to the office. You'll see we are located in the same building as the Department of Social Development and RTC. And then, of course, we are also located in Grand Tech at the Garlands Building. Just come and stop by. One of our probation officers would gladly assist. We have a welcoming an open-door policy. If you have an issue, just come to us. We'll see how best we can solve it. And if we can't solve it, we would try to redirect you to the agency who we believe that can solve and to assist. And we work with several agencies, several government departments, because we are not functioning in silos. Uh, we don't do what we do independently. We are working across government, across the private sector, to create a whole approach to dealing with people with offending behavior and dealing with juveniles with uh, with behavioral issues. Because we realize that if we want to address and reduce crime, it requires a whole-of-government approach and a whole-of-private-sector approach as well. Thank you, Mr. Harvey. So, you are the folks. You are truly host Andy Mezek with another great episode of What's Up. I'd like to see you all next week with another episode. Well, if you're freaky and that shit's yo, that's what's up. And you know, say you go low, that's what's up. You like the skit, 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 yo, that's what's up. Nobody up for show, yo, that's what's up. Well, if you love GT, yo, that's what's up. Jamaicans, I go show, yo, that's what's up. Well, make some noise and I'll be blessed, yo, that's what's up. Everybody wanna show, yo, that's what's up.